With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Though it may be known as America's pastime, baseball has spread across the world. Though the MLB is trying to come back, there is still some money to be made overseas, and Greg Peterson is going worldwide to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. From the return of baseball in the States to daily KBO picks, all the bases covered on the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. So here is the international king of swing. Hello, hello, welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson, we've got a superb podcast for you as in the second segment, we're going to be looking at today's KBO betting board with Freddie Mills. He's out there in the country of Canada, does an absolutely terrific job of looking at these KBO games. He does some terrific work with DFS Coach Talk, and we're going to be having a nice chat with him in the second segment and in the final segment. I'm going to give you a signing total on every game on Friday night slash Saturday morning's MPB and KBO betting boards and a little something I like to call, touch them all. I say Friday night slash Saturday morning because some of these games in the MPB start at 10 o'clock p.m. Pacific here on the West Coast. On the East Coast, that's Saturday 1 a.m. Eastern, always a little bit confusing. But what's not confusing, though, is the fact that I always love to be able to answer your Twitter questions on this podcast. If you have something baseball related with regards to any of these foreign leagues slash the MLB, or if you want me to answer something just with regards to general betting, fire that into my timeline at jrscordy1. If you send these via DM, aka direct message, well, the letters DM to me, me does not matter. Did not get in any Twitter questions today, so let's take a look back at everything that we noticed in the MPB and KBO from Friday morning, tried to find some trends, and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. What happened yesterday? Let's go around the bases and find out. We have our second tie of the 2020 KBO season as the Smiling Blobs, a.k.a. the KT Wiz, and the NC Dinos play to a 3-3 tie. As you guys know in the KBO, after 12 innings, it is marked as a tie. So if you wound up taking the money line, you got to push. If you bet the run line one way or another, that wound up being graded because obviously if you're laying a run in half, well, 
you didn't wind up covering the spread. If you wound up getting a run and a half with KD, well, you wound up being a winner in this one. So there is that. And when you take a look at the smiling blobs, they were able to get a nice performance out of one Mel Rojas. He wound up going three of five in this one with two RBI. And for the smiling blobs, they had actually a very good bullpen performance in this one. Six innings of one run baseball and the NC Dinos. The team with the worst bullpen out there in the KBO, and I believe that the Blobs are second worst. They gave up one run over the course of six innings, so it's a very rare good bullpen pitching. And both these starters, Hun Jun So for KT, along with Mr. Mike Wright for NC, they both go six innings, giving up two runs. So I thought that that was very intriguing. Both these guys did a good job of keeping the ball in the yard. And both starters, ironically as well, wound up giving up five hits, four strikeouts, and two walks. So that's just a little bit of an oddity there. And we saw some very big oddities out there in the KBO with regards to a scoring standpoint as well. The Lote Giants wind up losing to the Samsung Lions by a count of 15-10. to 10. This despite scoring eight runs between the seventh and eighth innings. This was just a game of just complete and utter calamity as John Won So winds up giving up five runs over the course of three innings. How about this for a bullpen? This is going to raise your ERA right here. The Lotte Giants wind up going five innings out of the bullpen. They give up ten runs, all of which were earned in Samsung. They weren't a whole heck of a lot better. Jae-Hoon Choi winds up going six and two-thirds innings. He gives up two earned runs, but five runs in total. He was victimized by some bad fielding. Bullpen from there, they give up five runs over the course of two and two-thirds innings. This was just an absolutely insane game. For Lotte, they were able to get a home run in this one out of Jun Woo Jun. He has been actually doing a very solid job of being able to supply some pop for this team. That is his 13th home run of the campaign. And then when you take a look at the Samsung Lions, this is a team that got a home run off the bat of Min Ho Kong. For Min Ho Kong, he's all of a sudden been able to supply some boom as well. His ninth of the campaign. If you want to see a gamble which was just completely gas can, how about the Kiwoo Miros getting up by a count of 8-4 to four in the top of the fourth inning, and they lose by a count of 12-9 to nine against an SK team that, let's face it, they've been towards the bottom of the KBO with regards to producing runs, but what is big for this team is the fact that they do seem to be getting a little bit healthier, and in this game, Ji Hoon Choi wound up being able to go yard for the SK Wyverns. That is his first career home run, so this is a guy that has been able to come on very nicely as a rookie, former third-round pick in the KBO draft. You also had Jung Choi being able to give the team two hits and two RBI, as in this one for SK, Chunan Kim, just to not give the team the start that they expected, five runs given up over the course of three innings, but you've got to give the SK bullpen some credit. After the end of the fourth inning, they gave up just one run over the last five. And for the Kiwoo Miros, Sung Oh Lee did not necessarily give them a length either. Two in the third innings, he gives up four runs, three of which were earned. Bullpen from there, it was not good. They wind up giving up eight runs over the course of six and two-thirds innings. So certainly not their finest moment there and not the finest moment for the Doosan offense, a team that has been playing right around 75% of their games on the road to the over. Well, this was a clear under as the Kia Tigers wind up being able to get a 4-2 win over the Doosan Bears. And Aaron Brooks, no, not the former quarterback. No, not the former Oregon Duck. He had a terrific start in this one. He goes eight innings. He gives up two runs in the process. Walked just one for the Doosan Bears. Jose Miguel Fernandez was able to give the team two hits along JLO, but past that, they weren't able to get a whole lot going. And for the Kia Tigers, what was really able to help them out in this one was the fact that Young Juan Beck was able to give the team a home run. A little bit of an unlikely source of power here as that's his fourth home run in the campaign. And between the 2017 and 2019 seasons, had a grand total of two. So not necessarily the biggest power hitter in the world as 
He Quan Yu wound up going six innings in this one. He gives up four runs, but only three of which were in a. Give the Nissan bullpen a little bit of credit. They've been a little bit better. Two scoreless innings in this one, but just not enough to be able to get the job done. And then with the LG Twins and Anwa Eagles game, the Anwa Eagles just once again were not able to get any offense up on the board. LG takes this one by a count of eight to nothing. Two home runs for G1 O's. All of a sudden, they will come alive for the LG Twins. Those are home runs number six and seven on the campaign for him. He's also already got 10 stolen bases for the team, so he's been able to do it in a variety of ways for this bunch. And if you're taking a look at LG, you have to be very heartened in the fact that Chengu Lim, who wound up giving up four plus runs in five out of his last nine starts, he certainly did not do that on this night. Six innings of scoreless baseball bullpen from there, three scoreless innings, big for an LG bullpen that had been scuffling. And for Anwa, Jinwoo Kim, in his second career start, he winds up giving up three runs over the course of four innings bullpen from there. Five runs given up over the course of four. So, needless to say, not necessarily what they were looking for there. And speaking of not necessarily what they were looking for, the Yokohama Dana Bay Stars, for the second time in two weeks, lose a game that was shortened by rain. Two to one was the final in this one. For the Yamiori Giants, they were able to do a solid job with a run in the second inning and a run in the third inning as they were able to get a home run earlier in this game that really be, was able to put the game out of reach. Going deep was Yoshihiro Mero. That is his fourth home run of the campaign. And for the Yamiori Giants, they were able to do a very solid job of getting a good start from Nobutaka Imamura as he winds up going five innings, giving up one run. This is a Yamiori Giants bullpen that is currently without Ruby De La Rosa. So the fact that this game went six was probably very good for them and for the Dana Bay Stars. A little bit of a tough look loss here for Soishi Ino. He winds up going six innings. He gives up two runs in the process. And man, oh man, the Bay Stars just continue to leave men on base. In this one, they had six hits over the course of six innings. They wound up stranding on base, I believe, in this one, five men. And they have just been doing this time and time again. It certainly has been an issue with Tyler Austin out of the fold. The Anjin Tigers have not been having as many issues lately. They are able to take down the Chunichi Dragons by a count of 4-1. to one. And if you're taking a look at the Hanjin Tigers, this is a team that all of a sudden has been able to win four out of their last five games. And going back a little bit further, this is a team that has lost just two out of their last nine. So they certainly have been able to heat up Hanjin in the offseason. They were able to get a little bit more power. No home runs in this one as Deon Viciedo was the lone guy that was able to go yard. He went deep for Chunichi, his eighth home run of the campaign. And by the way, Viciedo has eight out of Chunichi's 14 home runs so far this year. That tells you how this team is going. And for the Anjin Tigers, very good start out of Koyo Ayuagi. He has been one of the top starters out there in the MPB. Seven innings, he gives up one run. Bullpen from there, they're able to give them two scoreless. And for the Chunichi Dragons, Mr. Ono was not too bad in this one. Yudai Ono winds up going six and two-thirds innings. He gives up two earned runs. He was victimized by the fact that there was an error in the third inning, and that led to a couple unearned runs. And for the Hanshin Tigers, how about the fact that Jerry Sands has been able to pick it up for this team? He was able to have two RBI for this bunch, so that was able to lift them to victory. The Tokyo Yukult Swells were unable to have a fish fry in this one, as the Hiroshima Carp were able to get a 9-2 win over the Yukult Swells. 16 total hits for the Hiroshima Carp, as it just was not what Yukult had planned for their young starter, as being able to get the start in this one and not being able to go deep in this one was Dekai Yoshida. He goes two and a third innings. He gives up five runs and nine hits in the process. Bullpen from there winds up giving up four runs and having to complete the game. Meanwhile, for the Hiroshima Carp, they have been getting a lot of length out of Deshai Osera. He winds up going six innings in this one. He gives up two runs in the process. And for the good old Carp, they were able to get a pair of home runs to be able to lift themselves a victory. Of note for the occult Swalls, Osidis Escobar was able to get an extra base hit. You may remember him from his time with the Milwaukee Brewers and the Kansas City Royals. He had two RBI in this one. 
The few, the proud, the Marines, well, they were unable to have a battle won in this one as the Nippon Am Fighters were able to get a 7-4 win for the Fighters of Am. How about Shonakata being able to get his 8th home run in the campaign? Meanwhile, a good sign for the Marines as Brandon Laird was able to get his 6th home run in the campaign. He certainly has been scuffling, but if you take a look at the Am Fighters, certainly not a bad start in this one as they were able to get 6 solid innings off the arm of Kawhi Irihara. He winds up giving up 2 runs in the process. Bullpen from there winds up giving up 2, but for Chiba Lote, Ameyu Ishikawa, he winds up going six and two-thirds innings. He gives up ten hits, six earned runs, just not what they had in mind. And for the Ham Fighters, this is a team that all of a sudden has been able to get some offense going prior to Christian Villanueva, the former San Diego Padre, coming into the fold. Team batting average was right around a 210. This has certainly been trending in the right direction. Speaking of trending in the right direction, that'd be the Fukuoka Soft Bangkoks. After a little bit of a rough start to the season, they have been able to find it once again. They are now 13-11-1. This is a team that has won five out of the last six titles out there in the MPB. They wind up taking down the Buffaloes of Oryx by a count of 9-1. In this one for Oryx, it was Adam Jones who wound up going 0-3 in this one. And in general, the team just was not able to get a whole heck of a lot going. As for Fukuoka, they were able to get a pair of home runs in this one. And for Oryx, you do have to give them a little bit of credit as they were able to get a home run off the bat of Rio Ota. He has been able to do a nice job for the team. That is his second home run in the campaign. But past that, you weren't able to get a whole heck of a lot. Nao Higashiyama did not give the South Bank Hawks a lot of credit, but how about the bullpen going for a combined six scoreless innings as Higashiyama wound up giving up that solo home run and nothing else. And for Oryx, it was very much a bullpen game for them, and it did not necessarily go as planned as the bullpen winds up going a grand total of five innings to give up in the process. Six runs, all of which were earned as their starter wound up not being able to give good length as well as their man Tusaba Sagabiara winds up going four innings. He gives up two runs, both of which were earned. Needless to say, that was not ideal, but what was very ideal for the Cebu Lions being able to put up a 10 spot as they take down the best team out there in the MPB as of right now in the Rakuten Golden Eagles by a can of 10 to do for Cebu. What was very big for this team was the fact that they were all of a sudden able to get a little bit of power going as getting his seventh home run of the campaign, that would be... Hotaka Yamakawa, he has been a stalwart out there in the MPB for quite a few years. He seems to be finding a little bit of something for this team. And Zach Neal, former MLB pitcher, six innings, he gives up two runs. He's been doing a better job of being able to get strikeouts as he had just right around four and a half per nine innings last year. This start, he wound up having five over the course of six bullpen from there, three scoreless innings. And for the Rakuten Golden Eagles, they had a starter that was the best out there in the MPB, in my opinion, through the first couple weeks of the year in Takahiro Norimoto. He had an ERA that was south of one in his first four starts, and he had had a 3-0 and record in this one. Five innings, gives up 10 hits, four earned runs, and the Rakuten Golden Eagles, who had the best bullpen ERA in the MPB entering into this night as well, they give up five over the course of four innings. So that is what we all noticed from the MPB and KBO Friday morning. Now let's turn the page to Saturday morning. Freddie Mills does an absolutely terrific job of being able to look at the KBO. He is out there in the lovely country of Canada and is breaking things down for DFS Coach Talk. He is going to be joining me next to take a look at the Saturday slate in the KBO right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. And we are back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. It is great to be joined by our next guest as we go to the great country of Canada. That's where we find Freddie Mills. He does a great job of handicapping in general. He is currently doing some work for the KBO at DFS Coach Talk. You can follow him on Twitter at Freddie Mills 7 And Freddie is spelled F-R-E-D-D-I-E. 
Mills, and then the number seven, as it is Freddie joining me right here on the podcast. And it is great to have you aboard, my friend. How are you? I'm pretty good, Greg. How are you? I'm doing tremendous, thank you. What is not doing tremendous, though, is that I think we'd both agree. These bullpens out there in the KBL, well, they've been very shaky. We saw the Kiwum Heroes blow a four-run lead yesterday. We remember that LG Twins versus Lotte Giants game two days ago. Both teams blew a lead of at least four runs, so that was fascinating, to say the least. And just what has been your overall takeaway on these bullpens? And is there any of these that you could trust? Because at this point, it feels like every time you can trust one. Because for a little bit, it seemed like the Lions were doing a solid job. But it just feels like it comes and goes with every last one of them. No, you're totally right. All the bullpens are pretty well up and down. It's totally different than what we're used to watching in Major League Baseball. When you get guys coming in that are throwing, you know, 95, 96 with wipeout sliders and things of that nature. Most of the guys that are coming in from the bullpen and the KBOs don't have that high-quality stuff. I mean, if I'd highlight a few guys, Kiwum does have a couple of high-quality arms, Amu Jin and Joe Sangwoo. Amu Jin did get touched off a little bit today, but it was kind of interesting that it was the first time that he'd finished an inning and then started another inning. All of his other appearances have been uh, fresh innings, so maybe something to look at in the future for him. Uh, but other than that, I mean, each team maybe has one arm that is you can count on consistently. Uh, I kind of like Latte's closer, Kim Moon-Jong. 6'4", uh, is a really good fastball. But overall, as you say, the bullpens, you, you cannot trust them from game in, game out. I guess the only other observation I'd have as I'm watching games is the outfield defense, I find, is uh, really poor. I notice a lot of the outfielders take bad routes to balls. They don't really get behind the ball when they're throwing, so it often results in kind of weaker throws. I see a lot of uh, throws that are on base, which allows uh, runners to advance. So those would be my two big takeaways when comparing it to the North American or Major League game is, you know, the bullpens are much weaker and the outfield defense, I find, is a lot weaker as well. I think that's a good point that you make with the outfield defense. We see it so many times on throws that a guy should just be out at second base, third base, what have you, when they're taking up. And the arm power just is not there because they don't do a good job of having their feet set when they catch the ball for when they throw. So I'm glad that you brought that up as we do have Freddie Bills joining me right here on the podcast. But a guy that throws very well, he is going to be going for the NC Dino Saturday morning. That would be Cheng Moku. This guy is 8-0, 148 ERA. Other than that game against the LG Twins that we saw on Saturday, which I think we could both just throw away. The conditions were absolutely awful. That game should have never started. I'm glad that they wiped that slate clean. But with that said, he's had one bad start so far this year, and that's against the team that he's facing, the KT Wiz, or as they're known on this podcast, our good friends, the Smiling Plops. And in that game, a few weeks ago, he wound up going four innings, gave up five runs, four of which were earned. I will throw this in here as well. It was a part of a doubleheader, so it was a little bit of a strange situation. But what do you think of this contest? Because NC, by far the biggest favorite out there on the board, but... With KT's offense and the fact that they've got a little bit of a track record of being able to get to him, if there is a chance to be able to look at a big-time underdog against Koo, this might be one of the better ones that you're going to find. Yeah, I mean, I looked at it a little bit earlier. I saw NC was like minus 370, something like that. I mean, I, you, can't, you can't bet on that, in my opinion, even though Chang Mo has been unbelievable. I mean, he's been... I think the best pitcher in the league. You did mention KT got to him uh, in an earlier game. And KT, you know, they have reason to believe they can do it again uh, tomorrow. They have great splits off left-hand pitching. Interesting stat I kind of dug off is they face 18 left-handed starting pitchers. And in those games, they've averaged 7.4 runs a game. They're second in the league hitting off left-handed pitching. Um, so, I mean, they have a lot of guys there with great splits uh, versus lefties. Mel Rojas. Uh, Beijing Day. A lot of the key guys, you know, hit lefties well all season. I mean, this guy's a little bit of a different animal, but, you know, they have reason to believe. The one reason I don't know if I had bet on KT to win, though, will be, you know, the pitching on the other side. Uh, they're going with Joe Byung Wook. He's a young guy. 
Uh, it's only his fourth start. You know, it's not a lot of a sample size on him. Um, I looked at some of his future league games where there is a little bit more of a sample size. In six games, it was a 6.17 ERA. Kind of a hard guy to get a read on, hard guy to trust. But again, if I was going to bet the game, which I'm not, I would probably take a shot at KT just because, I mean, there's no value at all. There's so much risk reward with taking him a minus 400 favorite. I just don't see why you'd do it. And Sung Bumana did not look like himself in the game yesterday as he wound up not necessarily having the best day at the plate as he's coming back from injuries. We do have Freddie Mills joining me right here on the podcast. And then taking a look at a game that should have a little bit of a tighter spread, how about if we take a look at the Samsung Lions versus Lotte Giants game? I think that this is just one of the strangest games out there on the board because you have Ben Lively going for the Samsung Lions. The last time Ben Lively went more than two innings at a start, that would be May 12th. Needless to say, this guy has had a very long layoff. He was solid in the KBO last year, 395 ERA. Once again, didn't necessarily get a lot of starts. He only had nine starts that season. And I just think that this might be a good spot to be able to take a little bit of a plus price with Lotte, just because you have absolutely no idea what Ben is going to be able to give you. He certainly is a better pitcher when he's on, but with this being his first start in nearly two months, and that start that he made nearly two months ago, being a start in which he faced only one batter, I just cannot look at Samsung in this spot. Yeah, no, I'd agree. Lively is the biggest wall card probably on the uh, card tomorrow. Uh, he did make one rehab start, and he only threw two innings. Now, he looked pretty good. He struck out four. I gave up a pair of hits, so, I mean, I guess that was enough to uh, pronounce himself healthy and ready to go. But as you say, I'm not sure what we can expect from him tomorrow. I can assume that they're going to have him on a pitch count. You know, his five innings would probably be a, a great start if he can be really efficient, and then you're into the bullpens, which... You know, got used up pretty good there today as they had that bit of a slugfest. As you say, it's very hard to trust Lively in that spot. Looking at the other side, there, Park Siwan going for Lote. He's a young guy. Um, he's been pretty good in his last three starts. You know, six innings pitched, uh, three earned runs, I think, against Samsung earlier this year. Uh, another start, he got knocked around a little bit. He gave up four runs over four and a third, I believe it was. The big thing, I guess, I'd point out with him is most of his good starts have come at home. Uh, he's had a, so far, a 7.66 ERA on the road. And the big stat, I guess, I looked at when I was looking at this is he's given up 10 home runs. Like, that's a, an amazing kind of home run rate. It almost works out to, I think, like 1.6 home runs per nine innings. And then if you look at the park, this is playing at Samsung's uh, park is very hitter friendly. I was looking at a stat earlier where it's averaged like second most home runs per game in that park. So, I mean, that would be a stat that would worry me if I was back on Lotte. I mean, overall, like you said, I guess if you're going with more of the sure thing, God, that may work deeper into the game. I guess you would have to back him in this spot, but it would be hard to trust either guy, in my opinion. So it's a game I kind of stayed away from, but, you know, I certainly get your point of view for sure. And I think it's a good point that you bring up on Samsung's Park, as it seems like the air from everything I've heard is a little bit thinner. And we know this with regards to Park and the fact that he's pitched better at home at versus on the road. It just seems like Lote is one of the best pitcher-friendly parks out there in the KBO as well, which makes sense, as we do have another game that I think might actually lend itself a little bit more to the underdog. We know that Anwa has been by far the worst team out there in the KBO, but they've actually got a pitcher that's been very good recently in Shi Won Zhang. This is someone that, in his last four starts, has given up one run in each out of those four starts. He got a win in his last start against the SK Wyverns, by and large, he's been doing very good. And then you take a look at the LG side. Wu Chen Shah has just been lost so far this year. A little bit over a 6 ERA. Just recently, he's been touched up left and right. I remember that game against Tucson in which he gave up 10 runs. On what? No ifs, ands, or buts about it. They're the worst team out here in the KBO. But if you're looking for a spot in which you're 
willing to take them when Warwick Suppold is out on the mound. This is probably the best that you're going to find for the rest of the year. Yeah, I would uh, totally agree there. I mean, you got a couple of things working in their favor. It looks like Brandon Barnes is going to make his debut tomorrow. Looks like they're going to call him up and insert him right into the uh, three, four, five hole in their lineup. He had a bit of success there in a couple of games in the Futures League, and they're anxious to get him in there. They've got absolutely nothing from their import hitter this year, Jared Hoying. So if he can give them anything at all, it's definitely going to help them. They also recently got their middle infield back, uh, Haju Soup and uh, Osun Jin. Big thing I noticed when I watched them early when they had that big losing streak is they just had poor middle infield defense. And I mean, if you're weak through the middle of the diamond, you don't have a, a prayer at winning at pro level. So I, I've noticed they've gotten more competitive lately. And I think a big part of it is due to better defense. With respect to G Swan, you're right on the money. I mean, he's been really good. Power arm, what I've noticed about him, he has a great curveball. His big issue early in the season was he was just walking too many guys. You know, he had a walk rate up in the sixes um, early on in the season, but he's he's managed to kind of rein that in a little bit over the last month. You know, his performance has been great. The one stat I guess I would caution with him is he struggled with left-handed hitters. Lefties have hit uh, 358 off him, and LG does have some dangerous left-handed hitters, including Kim hyun Su, who's been on fire as of late, and, and Oramas has been struggling, but... I guess he can wake from his slumber anytime. So that would be the one concern there. But if I was going to bet this game, I think I'd go that, that side of it because I know, like you said, Wu Chan, he hasn't been good. I mean, they just gave him, I think it was 10 days off to kind of gather himself. He didn't go to the Futures League. He kind of just uh, stayed at home, trained. I think they really looked at it as kind of a dead arm. I know when I watched him and uh, going back to what you said about that earlier Doosan game, it just didn't seem like he had any velocity or life on any of his pitches. And I mean, he got absolutely tattooed. So I think they're hoping that, you know, 10 days away, kind of clear his mind, regroup. Hopefully maybe it allows his arm to uh, recover and he can get out there and give him a good performance. He's a veteran. You know, he's had some good performances in the past. He started from opening day, but I mean, I would not, be able to place faith in him and I think I saw it earlier it was over minus 200 for a guy that's coming back who hasn't been good I mean it's it's just a lot of risk there in my opinion and the twins as a team have certainly been scuffling as well as we do have Freddie Mills joining me right here on the podcast does a great work with DFS coach Chuck and is joining me right now to talk about the Saturday KBO slate and then when you take a look at this Doosan versus Kia game they were playing on ESPN earlier this morning you now have a pair of, I guess you could call it unproven guys that don't necessarily have the worst ERA, and I see a little bit of upside here. You've got one Jun Choi who's going to be going for the Doosan Bears. This is someone that has made one start so far this year, but he's mainly been coming out of the bullpen, but by and large, he's been able to do the job. And then you've got Kiyun Kim. He is going to be going for the Kia Tigers once again. Guy that really hasn't necessarily gone deep in a lot of his games. I don't think that he's really went past two and a third innings so far this year, but whenever he's brought in in relief, he has been able to do a very solid job what do you make out of this game? Because I know that with Kia starter in Kim, he was actually a starter last year, so he is able to give this team a little bit of difference. He's able to give this team a little bit of dis- distance. Choi is someone that should be able to do so as well. I think that this might be a sneaky spot for an under because we know that Doosan has been a very good over team whenever they've been on the road so far this year. But I do think that both these pitchers can perform a little bit better than expectations. Yeah, um, I saw a lot of people talking about this one earlier today and the pitchers kind of being unfamiliar. But Kim Kayun is actually one of uh, Kia's top prospects. He was their 2019 first rounder. He did uh, have some length in the Futures League earlier this year. Where he's had a 320 ERA, 22 Ks eight walks so you know he's someone that they think highly of and he's getting an opportunity here to step in he did face Doosan a couple of times last year uh posted a, I think a 479 ERA through two starts so they are going to be a little bit familiar with him because it's a very similar roster and I, I look at sometimes young guys may have the advantage the first time they face a team 
as the team may be unfamiliar with the uh, arsenal they have. So I don't know if Dusan will be fooled tomorrow. You know, it's a very small sample size, but one concerning staff for him is he's given up a uh, 375 average to left-handed hitters. And, you know, as we know, Dusan has uh, one of the most left-hand heavy lineups in the league with a lot of left-hand dangerous hitters, you know, Jose Fernandez, OJ Hill, MJ Wan. So, I mean, that would be a concerning staff for me, but uh, this is a guy with a lot of pedigree that can certainly go out there and uh, give Kia a good performance. And Kia's bullpen has been on fire. They, they right now have the best bullpen ERA in the league and I think maybe have one of the deepest bullpens. So um, I don't think you're necessarily wrong maybe looking at a, a sneaky under here. With respect to the other side of it, uh, Wunjun Choi, again, kind of another bit of a wild card. It's his second start, kind of a young guy. Mostly through the bullpen through his career. Really hard to know what to make of him. Uh, Kia did see him earlier this season. Pitched one to third scoreless innings against him. I guess going back to what I was saying earlier, the stat that jumps out for him would be the home run rate again. He's given up five homers in only 34 innings. So that's over a home run per nine innings. And Kia does hit well at home. And they've actually hit the second most home runs at home. So, I mean, that might be something that uh, they may be able to get to him. I know the middle of the lineup there tends to do a lot of damage at home. Obviously, Preston Tucker, uh, Choi Jung-woo, the DH, and Najee Wan. All those guys are hitting well north of 300 at home with, you know, a bunch of homers. So, I guess that would be my concern there. But uh, going back to what you said, I think both of these guys can put a good performance on tomorrow, but a lot of question marks there as well. I wouldn't be surprised if it went the other way either. Yeah, there certainly is a lot of question marks whenever you get some young pitchers but at the very least, they have been able to provide a little bit of hope for you with regards to that under. And then the final game on the KBO betting board for Saturday morning is going to be the Wyverns and the Heroes. I was talking about a little bit earlier. This game was just absolutely wild and crazy on Friday as the Heroes were up 8-4. to They wound up blowing that lead. Now they have Hoonhee Han, who's going to be going for them. This is a guy that's given up 17 runs over the course of his last three and two-thirds innings in his last two starts. I'll go out on a limb, and I'll say that his ERA for this game is not going to be north of 40, so I do think that there's going to be that. And then he's going to be going up against Sean Hoon Park. This is a guy that has been very intriguing in that his last three starts, he's given up two runs in each of them, so he's been able to do the job. In two out of those three starts, he was able to get eight punch-outs. Now, I will say, he's coming off a start in which he walked seven against the Anwa Eagles, managed to evade danger. I think that this is an interesting spot, but I do think that with the Heroes, you mentioned it with their bullpen, they should have a little bit more on the back end, and last time Han wound up facing up against the SK Wyverns, he had his best start of the year, giving up just one run. And he's an interesting guy, a converted reliever who had a pretty good start to the season, but, you know, things have not gone well lately. Uh, he had that terrible start last week, and Dusan really did a number on him uh, a couple of weeks ago. They gave him a week off after that one, and he came back, and he wasn't any better. So, you know, you wonder if, you know, his first year as a starter, maybe perhaps he's running out of gas a little bit. A couple of hidden stats that, you know, perhaps suggest that he hasn't been as bad uh, as maybe some of the numbers indicate is FIP is 4.14 versus ERA is 6.87. His batting average on balls in play is almost 400. So, you know, that should positively regress in his favor a little bit. And he's only stranded uh, 59.7% of uh, base runners. So, I mean, that's something else that even, you know, getting some luck on his side can uh, limit a couple of runs. So he's a tough guy to trust because he's in such terrible form. But I do think at some point he'll bounce back. I have liked him in some starts, but uh, right now he's he's certainly s- struggling. In terms of Jung Hoon Park, sorry, he's been steady all season, I thought. He's a guy who I, I enjoy watching, you know, submariner. 
he seems to be really deceptive. Uh, even though his fastball seems to come in only 85, 86, he, you know, he racks up a lot of strikeouts. I think he almost has a strikeout an inning and Kiwum is first in the KBO and K. So perhaps he can find some success there. You know, most of his performances, you know, tend to be five, six innings, you know, two, three, four runs. He's not going to dominate, but he's also generally doesn't throw too many stinkers in there either. So as you said, the big concern with him is the the walk rates. He's averaging over four walks per nine innings on the season. And like you said, last time out, he just lost complete command there in the middle innings. I think I was watching that game. I think it was the fourth and fifth innings. He just could not find the plate. In addition to walks, he had wild pitches and, uh, you know, got a, he was a little bit fortunate that he didn't get touched up a little bit more. But so again, when you look at this game, we'll have a question mark. I'm not sure which uh, starter to trust. But if I had to pick the game, I think I would back the better team. Kiwum, obviously, the Wyverns have struggled a bit, even though they did get uh, Dong Min Ham back uh, this week, who's, uh, in, in my opinion, their best hitter. They're just a hard team to place trust in. And their offense, I mean, they scored uh, a bunch of runs today, but they haven't been able to, you know, back that up too often this season. So I'd, I'd certainly look Kiwum here, even though uh, he is a pretty scary guy to uh, back in his current form. And I think that's a good point that you make on SK being able to get their best power bat back in the fold in Dogman Han. He had six home runs in the first 18 games of the season. And Freddie, speaking of a man that does a great job of being able to hit a little bit of everything, that'd be you. You're doing some absolutely terrific work with DFS Coach Chuck. You do a nice job of breaking down the KBO from both a daily fantasy perspective as well as a betting standpoint. People can follow you at Mill 7 like I said at the top, and just let the good people know a little bit more about you and just some of the work that you're doing in general. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I, I've always been a big uh, a baseball fan. Uh, you know, grew up playing and watching, but was always interested in the data behind the game, you know, why people were successful or why they failed. So even from a young age, I always looked at splits, you know, pitchers versus right-handed batters and left-handed batters. I always looked at pitchers and their arsenal uh, and why they may be successful against uh, certain hitters or certain lineups and why not. So, you know, when this whole COVID-19 pandemic hit and North American sports were brought to a halt, uh, you know, I, I saw Korean baseball was uh, on and just made a decision to jump headfirst into it, learning about the league, the rivalries, the players. I started when they were, you know, in training camp and those types of things. And, you know, I've watched since the opening day, so I've really enjoyed it. In terms of work with, you know, DFS Koshak, that's something completely new for me. Um, you know, I've enjoyed doing the write-ups and previews of the games as well. Uh, again, it's something I've done on my own, but I've never shared it publicly. So, I mean, it's gotten a great response, which is pretty cool, but uh, it's really just been something that, I've had more time to do since working from home, those types of things. So uh, definitely enjoy it. And I mean, the KBO has been uh, very interesting and I've had a lot of fun watching it, but I'm definitely looking forward to North American sports return as well. Oh, I am right there with you. Hopefully we can get an MLB season that goes off without a hitch. Should be starting next week. I'm knocking on whatever in the heck my microphone is on right now that everything is smooth sailing. Obviously, the NBA should be coming back. And then let's hope that we get an NFL season. I know that Freddie is going to be watching all these sports. I know that he's going to be staying locked in on the KBO and so much more. So big thanks him for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. And now it is that time coming up next. They give you a side in total for every game on Saturday morning's MPB and KBO betting boards as we touch them all. Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. And we are back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson, 
Big thanks to Freddie Mills of DFS Coach Talk for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you a sighting total on every game on the MPB and KBO betting boards for Friday night slash Saturday morning. And a little something I like to call touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. I throw in there Friday night slash Saturday morning because some of these games that are going on in the MPB start at 10 o'clock p.m. Pacific, which is 1 a.m. Eastern, so obviously we've got a little bit of that going on, so I just throw in there that disclaimer, and with pretty much every site that you bet on except for Pinnacle, you're betting on the team and the team only. You're not really able to go pitcher dependent on so many of these, so let's say for the Ham Fighters versus the Chibalote Marines game. Instead of going for the Ham Fighters, you get the expected starter of Takai Kato. You instead actually get a plate of ham. Well, congratulations. A plate of ham is going to be your starter. So there is that. And as per usual, we're going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This begins with 304, 149, 304, 150. The Ham Fighters of Japan are going to be facing off against the Chibalote Marines. The few, the proud, the Marines are laying minus 150. The Ham Fighters are finding themselves at plus 130. Your total on this game is 7.5. If you're looking at the juice of 7.5 on the over, it is anywhere between minus 120 and minus 125. Under is anywhere between even and plus 105. Your starting pitching matchup for this one is going to be Tayuki Kato, who's going to be going for the Ham Fighters. Meanwhile, Atsuki Tenichi is going to be going for the Chiba Lote Marines. And for the Marines, you've got to think that Brandon Laird and Leonis Martin are starting to be able to pick things up. You saw Brandon Laird was able to give the team a home run Friday morning. That, no doubt, is very solid. And you've got a Ham Fighters team that, for the year, they've got the worst batting average out there in the MPB as a collective. They're hitting right in the neighborhood of about a 220, but they have been able to pick things up recently ever since Christian Villanueva has been able to get in the fold. I will say this for the Ham Fighters as well, though. This is a team that they do scuffle a little bit with regards to the bullpen, and then when you take a look at what you've got going on there to the mound in Cato, this guy has been far from rock solid. He has a 6.08 ERA over the course of four starts. He's only won 13 and a third inning, so the length has not been there, and then you take a look at what this gentleman wound up doing during the 2019 season. It doesn't give you a whole lack of a lot of reassurance effect that he wound up going 5-7. and seven. He did have a 352 ERA, but with that said, this is someone that he just doesn't necessarily get too many swings and misses for his career. Right around 6.8 to 6.9 strikeouts per 9 innings. He certainly has been scuffling with regards to giving up the long ball in recent years as well. And then when you're going up against a Chibalote team that they do have quite a bit of pop in the bat that should make you a little bit worried with the Marines. This is a team that doesn't necessarily have the best bullpen ERA out there in the MPB, but what you do have is a team that does a good job of being able to draw walks. And Takashi Ogino has been doing a solid job of that 417 on base percentage, 333 batting average. And then when you take a look at what you're going to be able to get out of Mr. Tenichi, four starts so far this year, one and one record. He's won a grand total of 25 innings, so he's given you length. The four home runs given up is a little bit unsightly, but this is someone that is just 21 years old during the 2019 season as a 20 year old, 8 and 2 record, 324 ERA, and gave up 0.8 home runs per nine innings. The command wasn't necessarily great last year, but he had 10.5 strikeouts per nine innings innings, and he's been striking out a couple fewer so far this year, but the command is a little bit better. I think that this all bodes well for Chibalote. I do think that the Ham Fighters are going to be picking it up a little bit with their offense, so I don't necessarily think that it's going to be a low-scoring slog, so for that reason, I'm going to be taking this total over, but I certainly do think that the Chibalote Marines are going to be able to get the job done. Game number 304-151-304-152. The Cebu Lions are going to be hitting the road to face off against the Golden Eagles of Rakuten. If you're looking at the 
the Rakuten Golden Eagles, you're going to be laying a little bit here. You're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 140, minus 145 with Cebu, anywhere between plus 120 and plus 125 with your total on this game at 10. The over is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. The under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. And your starting pitching matchup for this one is going to be Watsuru Masamoto, who's going to be going for the Cebu Lions. Meanwhile, Takahiro Shiomi is going to be going for the Rakuten Golden Eagles. What's the Golden Eagles? This is a team that for the campaign has had the best bullpen ERA out there in the MPB. They wound up getting roughed up Friday morning though. And when you take a look at the starter that they have going, it is probably the least trustworthy starter that you're able to find for the Rakuten Golden Eagles as Shiomi through three starts, 661 ERA, 1-2 record. He has been able to go 16 and a third innings despite all that, but with that said, this is a man that has seven walks to 11 punch outs out there in the MPB. That's just not getting the job done. And then you take a look at what happened to him during the 2019 season. Only a grand total of 14 starts. He was banged up throughout the campaign, and he was given up right around 1.1 home runs per nine innings. Now, command has always been good for him. For his career, he's given up two walks or fewer over the course of nine innings, so he has been solid there. But you can tell that the command is just not necessary there for him. I will say this for Raikun. This is a team that they do a very good job of being able to take advantage of walks. Jabari Blash, he's hitting a 233 right now, but the on-base percentage is suffering right around a 400. Adetu Asamura has been the best hitter out there in the MPB so far this year. On-base percentage worth of a 425, 10 home runs, 31 RBI. Absolutely terrific. And then you've got Dachi Suzuki. Only one home run, but 20 RBI. He's just been able to carry the mail for this team. But then you take a look at the other side of what you're able to get out of Cebu. This is a bunch that all of a sudden has been able to get things together. They were able to win their league during the 2019 season. And this is without Grace Spangenberg doing a whole heck of a lot for the team. He's sitting at 225 for the campaign. But a massive disappointment. But Takumi Karimera has been able to give the team four home runs. A little bit over 16 RBI. Hodoka Akamkawa has been able to hit seven home runs as well. I like what they were able to bring to the table. Reed Garrett is going to be in the bullpen for this game. He has had an ERA that is south of one so far this year. He has been doing a rock-solid job there, and he's made 10 appearances, so I like what I'm seeing there. But then when you take a look at Matsumoto and what you're going to be able to get out of him, a little bit of a jury's on situation. He's a young 23-year-old during the 2019 season. 7-4 record, 4.54 ERA. His big kryptonite was the fact that he did give up five walks per nine innings, but with that said, he does a solid job of being able to keep the game out in front of him. He's given up for the year 2.2 home runs per nine innings, but I think that's a little bit based on the situation and the situation only. I think he's going to be able to figure it out in this spot. I think that he's going to be able to keep the Raccoon Golden Eagles a little bit more off guard. But with that said, I do think that the depth of the Eagles bullpen is going to be able to win out because I don't think that either of these starters are necessarily going to be going too deep into games. I think that as a result, we are going to be having this game going under. And I think that with the overall depth of the bullpen, and the fact that the Golden Eagles are going to be able to draw some walks out of the starter that is going to lead to a victory. So we're going with the Eagles and we're going to be going with the total under. We move on to game number 304-153, 304-154. The Yakahoma Dana Bay Stars are going to be playing against the Yamiori Giants. If you're looking at the Yamiori Giants, you're going to be finding them anywhere between plus 105 and plus 110. Meanwhile, if you're laying up with the Bay Stars, anywhere between minus 125 and minus 130 with your total on this game at 8. The over is just minus 120 and the under is even. Your starting pitching matchup for this one. Going for the Bay Database Stars. It is Shota Imigena, and it is going to be Angel Sanchez, who's going to be going for the Amiori Giants. With Sanchez, he was pitching in the KBO during the 
2019 season, and he was absolutely dominant. A big reason why the SK Wyverns, who we're going to be getting to a little bit later when we do our KBO picks, have been scuffling is because they lost so much of their starting pitching from the 2019 season, and he was just absolutely lights out. He was able to get 19 wins from. His ERA was a sub 2-5, so he was absolutely great with that regard. He's an okay swing and miss guy. He gets right around 7 strikeouts per 9 innings when you take a look at his AAA and KBO numbers, but so far this year, he had two very good starts for Yamiori to begin the year. Last two starts, he's been a little bit roughed up, and the big thing is command. 11 walks over the course of 19 innings so far this year. This guy that in the KBO was registering less than two and a half walks per nine innings, so he has to get back to basics. I think he's going to be able to do so because with the Giants, we know that their bullpen is scuffling a little bit because they have Ruby De La Rosa on the fold, so it makes it imperative that Sanchez gives a little bit of a better start, but we know this with the Giants as well. This is a team that they've been doing a good job of mashing throughout the game in which they only went six innings Friday morning. They've been able to play 20 runs over their last two games. And a big reason why this team has been thriving. How about Kazuma Okamoto? He has been able to give the team 8 bombs, 23 RBI. Yoshihiro Mero has been able to give the team 4 home runs. He was able to go deep Friday morning. He's a guy that for the year is only hitting right around at 230, but things are starting to come around for him. Gerardo Parra, former Washington National, part of that World Series win. He's been able to hit right around 285. And then Jonjiro Sumatani has been hitting a 320 for this bunch as well. So that's big, and you brought in a foreign-born hitter in Zealous Wheeler, who was able to give the team a home run a few days ago. And for the Bay Stars, this is a team currently without Tyler Austin. They are by far leading the MPB with regards to the percentage of the base runners that they get on that have been stranded on. It's just been an absolute comedy. With Tyler Austin not in the fold, this team is just lacking power. Natalie Soto has been able to give the team six home runs so far this year, but he just hasn't been himself recently. He doesn't have that protection with Austin in the fold. Still has a 430 on base. And then Toshihiro Sibata. 462 on base, 344 batting average. He has been able to do a very solid job along with Toshihiro Mizaki, who has been hitting a 333. But these guys just have not been providing the big hits recently for this team. When you take a look at the base stars with regards to their bullpen as well, it's been a little bit up and down. Edwin Escobar, one of the more trustworthy arms. He's got right around a 4 ERA, but I will say this. Because the game wound up going just 6 innings in their contest Friday morning, both of these bullpens should be very well rested. So it was technically a complete game loss for the starter for the base stars Friday morning. I do think that that's very interesting. And then... Imagana, who's going to be going for the base stars. He's made four starts so far this year, and he's given good length. A total of 25 innings. I will say this, he has given up right around eight walks, so it's neither here nor there. He's given up right around three walks per nine innings, but you take a look at what he did during the 2019 season. This guy was on fire. 13-7 and seven record, 25 starts, 170 innings. He gave up right around one home run per nine innings, 9.8 punch-outs per nine. I really do have a lot of faith in this guy. I think that he's going to be able to deliver a pretty solid start here but with that said, what I think is going to be big for the Giants is that I think that Anel Sanchez is going to look more like he did in his first two games of the season as well. I think it's going to come down to the bullpens. I think that the Giants just have a little bit more, and I just have to go back to the fact that the base stars just keep stranding men on base left, right, and sideways. So I could see a situation which base stars wind up getting more hits than the Giants, but the Giants just wind up getting that big hit, and they wind up winning a low-scoring, say, 3-2 to two style game. So for that reason, we're going to be going with the total under, and we are going to be going with the plus price of the Yamiori Giants. 304-155, 304-156. Hanshin Tigers are going to be playing those to the Chunichi Dragons. If you're taking a look at the Dragons, you're going to be getting quite the plus price here. 
with Junichi. You're going to be finding them anywhere between plus 165 and plus 170. Meanwhile, if you're looking to lay it with Hanjin, you're going to be finding them right around minus $2 across the board. Your total on this game is 7.5 over juice of minus 115, and the under is minus 105, with your starting pitching matchup in this one being Yuki Nishi, who's going to be going for Hanjin. Meanwhile, it is going to be Akiyoshi Katsunmo, who's going to be going for the Junichi Dragons. When you see a starter whose ERA for the year is a 27, that is not a good sign. And that is exactly what you have for the Chunichi Dragons. Congratulations at the Chunichi bullpen. It is north of five with regards to their ERA. That is not good to say the least. With Kutsuno, he has made one appearance so far this year. He went two innings. He gave up six runs. It has not been going well. That is obviously a small sample size. So we go back to 2019. Between his time at the majors and the minors, he wound up making a grand total of 18 total appearances, two and six record, 5.04 ERA, 10.1 hits per nine innings, 4.1 walks per nine. This is a guy that you can have absolutely no faith in whatsoever. I just think that this is a spot in which the Dragons are going to get flattened. And I mentioned it in the first segment with Deion Vicioto on the fact that he's given the team all their power. Eight out of the team's 14 home runs so far this year, provided by Mr. Vicioto. His solo home run was the only run that the Junichi Dragons were able to get Friday morning. This is a team that as a collective is sitting right around at 255 to a 260. They just can't drive in anyone to save their lives because they have absolutely no power whatsoever in the lineup having Zoilo Almonte Alfold certainly not helping them. And then when you take a look at the flip side, Pranchin, Kosuke Fukutome is back in the fold. He was able to give the team a home run a few days ago and his on-base percentage out 313. He's hitting about a buck 85 for the year. That's not been good. But Justin Bohr, he has been not boring to say the least recently. How about four home runs over the last 12 days for this team? He is now hitting right around a 292 on-base of a 350. Jeffrey Barté has been out of the fold recently, but when he's back, that'll be something. And to take his place, you've got foreign-born hitter Jerry Sands, who all of a sudden has been able to give the team a little bit of something. He's been able to give them a couple RBI. His batting average now hovering right around 275. And for the Anjin Tigers, this team with regards to their bullpen, it was absolutely awful to begin the year. It certainly has been improving. And you're not probably going to need it too much in this spot because Yuki Nishi has been able to do a terrific job of being able to deliver length. Last year for the Anjin Tigers, 10-8 and record over the course of 26 starts. 172 and a third innings. He gave up in the process. 0.6 home runs and 1.9 walks per nine innings. And this year, his strikeouts per nine have went from 5.8 to 7.2. He's made four starts for the team. 27 and a third innings. This guy is just an absolute horse. I think it's going to be tough for Chunichi to be able to get too many runs up on the board. But I think that this is a spot in which you could see the Hanshin Tigers hit the overall by themselves. You've got a Chunichi team that has a terrible bullpen. They've got a terrible starter who's probably not going to be going past four innings in this spot. So for that reason, I'm going to be looking at the run line here with the Anjin Tigers. If you're looking across the board with regards to a run line price of the Hanshin Tigers, it's pretty much even at a lot of spots. You might find a plus 105. You might find a minus 105. But we're looking at that run line, and we're going to be taking this total over as well. 304, 157, 304, 158. The Hiroshima Carp are going to be playing those of the Occult Swallows of Tokyo. If you're taking a look at the Tokyo Occult Swallows, you're going to be finding them anywhere between plus 110 and plus 115. With the Carp, you're laying anywhere between minus 130, minus 135, and your total on this game is 8.5 over juice of minus 120, and the under is even. Your starting pitching matchup for this one. Going for the Occult Swallows is going to be Yoshiro Yugawa, and it is going to be Haruki Tokata is going to be going for the Hiroshima Carp, and with Tokoda, this is someone that is 1-1 one one so far this year, but... 
Let's face it, the advanced stats have not necessarily been the best for them. For the Hiroshima Carp, this is a team whose bullpen ERA is now north of 5. And for Tokata, this is someone that is a little bit younger at 25 years old. You take a look at him during the 2019 season. He had a 2.96 ERA. He was able to give the team good length. 25 starts, 139 and 2 thirds innings. He does give up 3.2 walks per 9 innings. And so far this year, 13.2 hits per 9 innings. He's always been a little bit more of a pitcher contact guy. This year, it's really been heightened. He's given up 1.5 home runs per nine innings. I think that he might be able to calm down a little bit more. And you got to think that the Carp are going to be able to get some runs up on the board as well. Shota Dobayashi has been able to give the team four home runs. He's hitting a 420 for the year. I mean... That is absolutely ridiculous. Jose Pirella has seen a little bit of dip in his average, but he's still hitting right around at 275. That's been good. And C.I. Suzuki, just a little bit of everything. 342 batting average. On base, right around a 457 home run, 17 RBI. He's a guy that's able to steal some bases as well, so I really like what he's able to bring to the table there. But then you take a look at the flip side and what you're going to be able to get out of your good friends, the Occult Swells. You've got Norish Kedonkami, Steve Aoki, along with Alcides Escobar to rebuild the Milwaukee Brewers infield from 2012. With Aoki, he's been hitting right around a 300 for this bunch. He's been rock solid. He's got three home runs over the team's last two weeks. Alcides Escobar was able to get an extra base hit. He's now hitting right around 300, so that certainly has been a little bit of a nice uptick for him. And then when you take a look at the Occult Swalls and what you're able to get out of Ogawa, he's actually been very good for the team with regards to a record standpoint. 3-0 record. I do think that there might be a little bit of regression with regards to the advanced stance, though. He has given up 1.5 home runs and 10.4 hits per nine innings. And you take a look at what he did during the 2019 season. 5-12 record. 4 57 ERA gave up 1.5 home runs and 9.8 hits per nine innings. I will give him this though. He doesn't walk, guys. For his career, he gives up right around 2.4 walks per nine innings. And you take a look at what he's been able to do with regards to his strikeouts. It is right around seven and a half per nine innings. So it's something great. It's something awful. But with the occult swallows as well, you do have a little bit of question mark with regards to the bullpen. And I think that that's really going to rear its ugly head. With Scott McGo, he's got an ERA that is currently north of a six. So I do think that this is going to be a spot at which the Carper is going to be able to get to that bullpen late. I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring because I think that both these starters are going to be able to give a good performance. So I'm going to go with this total under. But in the end, we're going to get some in our betting diet, and we're going to take the Carp of Hiroshima, and this is the last game on the MPB betting board. Before we go to the KBO betting board, this is 304-159, 304-160. The Buffaloes of Oryx are going to be playing host to the Fukuoka South Bank Hawks. If you're looking at the Hawks, you're going to be finding them right in the neighborhood of minus 150 across the board. Meanwhile, the Buffaloes plus 130, and your total on this game is 7.5. The over of 7.5 has juice across the board of minus 105 to minus 110. Meanwhile, the under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. Your starting pitching matchup for this one. Going for the South Bank Cox, Shuta Ishikawa. Meanwhile, Takai Tiajima is going to be going for the Buffaloes, and Tiajima has actually been very good for the Oryx Buffaloes so far this year. In his starts, he's got a 228 ERA. We know this with Oryx. The bullpen has not been good. Bullpen ERA north of 5. They have gas cans so many games late, but all of a sudden, Oryx has been able to play a little bit of better baseball. Now, I will say Adam Jones, a little bit hit or miss, but a few days ago, he had one of the biggest home runs that you're going to find out there in the MPB this season. And what I like about this gentleman in Tajima as well, he's 23 years old. He's made four starts so far this year, 23 and two-thirds innings, zero home runs given up. He just keeps the ball in the yard. That was really his MO during the 2019 season as well. And you've got to think that the more trustworthy bullpen arms in Brandon Dixon and Tyler Higgins that pitched two days ago and got the day off. Friday morning are going to be available for this game as well. And then you have to like the fact that Adrian Rodriguez, when the foreign board bats, he's been able to pick things up a little bit with a couple home runs. He's hitting right in the neighborhood of 260. So that's been good for an Oryx team that as a collective is hitting right around 240. Meanwhile, the South Bank Hawks, they've really been able to find something. This is a team that 
all of a sudden they have won, I believe now, five out of their last seven games. And then Wilmer Ballantine, if he's able to get things going, this team will be really lethal. He's only hanging at 205. I mean, he has been a hot mess, and that's putting it very politely. But you've got Tiuka Kai, who's been hitting a little bit above a 300. That has been very helpful for this bunch. And what else has been very helpful? Yuki Aganita, eight home runs, 19 RBI. A guy that has a 481 on base percentage. That, no doubt, is very solid. But then you take a look at the starter for this bunch in Shuta Ishikawa. It's one of these situations in which it's meh. 2 0 record, 378 ERA, 16 and two thirds innings over the course of his three starts. The 22 punch outs are absolutely terrific. And he is a guy that hasn't walked too many for the 2020 season. But you take a look at the 2019 season. He wound up pitching a grand total of five innings. He was completely injured, and even during the 2018 campaign, he wasn't able to give the team great length. Total of 42 appearances, 127 and a third innings. I just think that this is a spot in which the soft Bangkoks are going to look to a bullpen that has been shaky at best this year. I think that that's going to be a good opportunity for the Oryx Buffaloes to be able to get some runs up on the board and be able to get this W. So for that reason, we are going to be circling the wagons with the Oryx Buffaloes, and we're going to be going with this total over as well. And now we go to the KBO betting board. As per usual, we're going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order, and that begins with game number 304-641, 304-642. You've got the Nissan Bears, and they are going to be hitting the road as they are going to be facing off against the Kia Tigers. If you're looking at the Bears, you're going to be fighting them across the board at minus 135. Meanwhile, Kia, anywhere between plus 115 and plus 117. Your total on this game is 11.5. On the 11.5, over is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. Meanwhile, the under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. Got a little bit of an interesting starting pitching matchup as we were talking about with our good buddy Freddie as going for the Doosan Bears. One Jun Choi, and he is going to be going up against Ki-Hoon Kim, who is going to be going for the Kia Tigers. I do think that it was good that Freddie brought up the fact that the bullpen of the Kia Tigers actually might be the most trustworthy out there. And with Kim, this is someone that has not started this year, but he wound up making 16 starts last year. I'm not going to expect terrific length here, but this is a guy that he's capable of giving you five innings. He hasn't been great, but he hasn't been awful in his career against Tucson. ERA that's hovering right around the 4-5 range. And with the Kia Tigers, all of a sudden you've got guys that are starting to hit. How about the fact that Preston Tucker has been able to bust out recently. He's now got 16 home runs on the campaign. I do like the fact that you've got a pair of ageless wonders for the Kia Tigers as well, as Jiwon Na has been doing an absolutely terrific job along with Hung Woo Choi. These two guys are combining to hit right around a 300. They've got 19 home runs and 79 RBI between the two of them. And what else has been big is the fact that Chano Park has not only been very good in the field, but he's been able to provide a couple home runs as well. He's got some very good legs. And then Min Sik Kim. It certainly has been a small sample size, but I love him plate appearances. He's got five hits. He's hitting a 455, so there is a little bit of something to be had there. And then when you take a look at the Nissan Bears, this is a team that their bullpen all of a sudden is improving. I mean, it was a hot mess about a month ago, but it has been better, and they didn't have to go too far into it in their game Friday morning, so I do think that that is going to bode very well for them. Obviously, we know about the big bombers with regards to the Nissan Bears. Jose Miguel Fernandez hitting a 375 double-digit round of home runs. Ho Min Kurtho. He's hitting a 371. That goes a little bit under the radar. You then have your guys like the J-L-O, J-1-O. We know that these guys are able to hit. And then you've got the former KBO MVP from 2018 and J-1 Kim. He's been able to give the team 55 RBI and 11 home runs. I just think that that's a little bit too much firepower, but I was talking about with Freddie. I think that this is a good spot for a sneaky under. I think that both these guys are going to be able to do their job. I think that people are sleeping on the Doosan bullpen. I know how hot the overs have been with regards to Doosan on the road, but we're taking this total under and we're going to be going with 
the Bears. We move on to game number 304, 643, 304, 644. The LD Twins are going to be playing against the Eagles of Anwa. If you're looking at Anwa, shock, shock, surprise, surprise, you're going to be getting a plus price here. With the Anwa Eagles, you're finding them anywhere between plus 175 and plus 180. Meanwhile, with the LG Twins, you're going to be finding them anywhere between minus $2 and minus $210, and your total on this game is 9.5. If you're looking at the over of 9.5, you're going to be finding it anywhere between even a minus 105, unders anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. Your starting pitching matchup for this one. Going for the Anwa Eagles, it is going to be the surprisingly hot Shi Won Zhang. Meanwhile, Wu Chen Cha is going to be going for the LG Twins. And for Cha, he's been saying cha 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 to the fact that he has been absolutely awful so far this year. I mean, this is someone with a 6.04 ERA. He has given up at least six runs in three out of his last four starts. It's just really been a hot mess for him, and a big reason why is a walk. He has given up at least three walks in now four out of his last six starts. I will say this with Anwa. You certainly don't have a lot of power, so you got to think that this is going to be an LG team that they are going to be able to pitch in the zone to Anwa a little bit, but it was brought up by Freddie as well. Brandon Barnes, former MLB player, a guy that wants it for the cycle. He is now out of quarantine in his last Futures League game. He went 2 of 5. This is a guy that should instantly be able to give this Anwa Eagles team a little bit of a spark. I think that this could be a little bit of a win-win for the Gipper situation. And then you've also got one guy on this team that is able to hit for a little bit of power. That would be G. Hong Choi, 6 home run, 17 RBI. And then when you take a look at the flip side and what you're going to be able to get for LG, Roberto Ramos has just been in a slump. Two home runs over the last three weeks. That has not been good. Hansu Kim, the hit machine, he has been able to go deep right around six times over the last three weeks. So that has really been helping out the team. 335 batting average, but you're noticing that some of these other guys are getting into a little bit of a funk. G1 O certainly has not been that guy. He hit two home runs Friday morning, but then you've got a bunch of guys like Young Tech Park and gentlemen like that that are currently on the injured list. This is an LG Twins team that they're just all sort of battered. They are currently without their main closer. And I do really like the fact that, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, Shi Won Zhang has given up approximately one run in his last four starts. He has been under the radar good. I think that that provides a lot of value with the Eagles. This is a Anwa team that, once again, I don't think that they're going to get a lot of power, but I think that they're going to go death by a million cuts and they're going to be able to win a game in which I do think that Cha is going to pitch a little bit better, but I think that Zhang going to do his job for Anwa. So for that reason, we're going with this total under and we're going with the plus price here with the Anwa Eagles. We move on to game number 304, 645, 304, 646. NC Dinos are going to be playing also the KT Wiz. And if you listen to this podcast, you know that they're not the KT Wiz. They're our good friends, the Smiling Blobs. And the Smiling Blobs are the biggest underdog that you're going to find on the MPB or the KBO betting boards. Anywhere between plus 280 and plus 295. I saw earlier in the day, if you're out there on the East Coast, you might be able to get it as high as $3.00. Meanwhile, with the Dinos, you're laying anywhere between minus 330 and minus 350. Your total on this game is 10. The over and under are both at minus 110. And your starting pitching matchup for this one. Cheng Moku is going to be going for the Dinos. Meanwhile, you've got Byung Wook Joe is going to be going for the Smiling Blobs. And before we chalk up Joe as essentially fresh meat in this one, he has made two starts for the team. And in those two starts, he's given up approximately three runs. He's also made two very long relief appearances. They both went five and a third innings. He's not allowed more than three earned runs in a start so far this year. I mean, there certainly is reason to be questionable with him, but 21 and two-thirds innings, he's given up two home runs. Now, he's only gotten seven strikeouts, but he's kept the walks down. He's given up fewer than three walks for nine innings, so there is something here. Meanwhile, Chen Moku, it has been brought up by Daniel Kim on these KBO broadcasts time and time again, and it happened during the 2019 season. He was lights out at the beginning of the year, and then towards middle to late July, he wound up wearing down because he's never went north of 140 innings, and you got to think that perhaps the fact that they had that very 
very awkward started game against the LG Twins. That should have never happened. I mean, if you saw the field, it should have never happened. But with that said, he was just out of sorts. It just throws off his rhythm a little bit. And we know this. The Smiling Blobs got him the last time that they face off against him, obviously, in a little bit of a different situation. But Mr. Mel Roas hitting just below a 400. This guy's been absolutely incredible. 21 home runs so far this year. Beko Kong hitting a little bit above a 300. And then Jung Dae Bay has said, A Bay Bay to raising up pitchers ERAAAs. Yep, that is a reference that I'm making on this podcast. 324 batting average, 390 on base. But then Kung Su Park, I feel like he's a more underrated guy out there in this lineup. Eight home runs, 36 RBI, on base percentage, hovering right around 400. You've got a lot of guys you're able to hit on this team. Meanwhile, the NC Dinos, obviously, you've got a lot of guys you're able to hit here. Sung Bum Na is now back to full, but he didn't necessarily look like himself Friday morning. That is something that you want to know. Min Woo Park has been recovering from an injury as well. Aaron Altair, we all know what he's doing so far this year. 16 home runs, 56 RBI. Jun Sung Kong seems to be falling back to earth a little bit. And by falling back to earth, I mean he's hitting right around a 350. And then you've got Heat on Kwan. List goes on and on. You've obviously got your trustworthy guys. But I think that this is a good spot for the Smiling Blobs. And I think that they've got the bullpen advantage in this one as well. And I think that they're going to be able to get to Jun Moku once again. I am going to be taking the under in this one. I think it's going to be lower scoring. But we are going to be taking the plus price with our good friends, the Smiling Blobs. We move on to game number 304, 647, 304, 648. Samsung Lions are going to be playing us to the Giants of Lote. If you are looking at the Lote Giants, well, you are going to like a Lote, the fact that you're getting a plus price. It is anywhere between plus 128 and plus 135. Meanwhile, with the Samsung Lions, you're going to be finding them hovering right in the neighborhood of minus 145 and minus 150. And you're starting pitching matchup for this one. It is going to be Ben Lively who's going to be towing the rubber for the Samsung Lions. And it is going to be Siwoon Park who goes for the Lote Giants. And we were talking about with Freddie. I mean, I just can have zero faith whatsoever in Ben Lively. His last start came on May 22nd when he faced off against one batter, and he's made like two legitimate starts so far this year. They were both in the beginning of May. He won a grand total of 12 innings, and he gave up six runs. So even good Ben Lively isn't great. And then you take a look at Seawon Park. This is a guy that he certainly has been getting touched up quite a bit so far this year, but has been better recently. He's given up three earned runs or fewer in each out of his last three starts. He was victim of giving up two unearned runs in his last start against Tucson. But then you take a look at the Lote Giants. All of a sudden, this is a team that's starting to heat up. Hoon Jung has been able to give the team a little bit of something. Asap Sun hitting in the neighborhood of 350. We've got Dao Lee who's hitting a double digit amount of home runs. He's been able to give the team a batting average above a 300. Dixon Machado has been a little bit cold, but he's been able to give the team a little bit of something. But what's been really big for this team, the power that you're getting out of Dong Hee Han along with Jun Woo Jun. These two guys have been white hot recently. Jun was able to give the team a home run Friday morning. And with Dong Hee Han, he has been able to give the team a double digit amount of RBI so far this week. So no ifs, ands, or buts about it. These two guys have been absolutely terrific. And then you just take a look at what you're going to be able to get out of the Giants bullpen. It's typically been pretty solid. And for the Samsung Lions, they have been too. But I just have a fear that with Ben Lively, you might have a Samsung team that they need to go to the bullpen for 21 outs. And both these teams wound up getting badly taxed yesterday with them just not having more of their trustworthy bullpen arms out there and them having to be used so much Friday morning. I'm going to go with the total over. And I'm just going to give the deficit of the doubt here to Ben Lively. And we're going to take the Lote Giants. And we wrap things up with game number 304-649, 304-650. Heroes of Kiwoom are going to be eating the road to face off against the SK Wyverns. If you're taking a look at the Wyverns, you're going to be finding them at a plus price here. You're going to be finding them 
them right in the neighborhood of plus 115 to plus 130. Meanwhile, with the heroes, you're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 135 and minus 145. And your total on this game, it is 10. With the over, it has juice anywhere between even and minus 110. The under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. Your starting pitching matchup for this one. Going for the Kiwoom heroes, it is going to be Han Hee Han. That is going to be going for the heroes. Meanwhile, Jungwoo Park is going to be going for the Wyverns. And with Park, he's actually been pretty solid so far this year for SK. But I just have a feeling that it's going to be a situation in which the bottom falls off because he has had a tale of two seasons over his last three starts. He's given up two earned runs in each of them. His previous three starts, he had given up at least four earned runs in each of those as well. So it's just one of these situations in which you don't know what you're going to get. And with this gentleman as well, he's given up at least three walks in four out of his last five starts. Needless to say, that is not rock solid. And he's given up at least three walks in all but one of his starts in his last so, I mean, it's just one of these situations in which he gives out too many free passes. And with Kiwoom, you've got a very fearsome lineup, Youngo Park. Certainly, he's not hitting for average right now, but this is a guy that he has been able to crank out 16 home runs, led the KBO in home runs during the 2019 season. You've got to love what you're getting out of the outfield as well, as you've got someone who I just absolutely love in Jung Hoo Lee. 361 batting average, 11 home runs, 49 RBI. You compare that with Ha Sung Kim, who's given the team 14 home runs, 48 RBI, 275 batting average. You got yourself a lethal combo there. And then when you take a look at the Wyverns, with being able to get a little bit back into the fold, I do think that this team is a little bit more of a formidable offense. It was a very encouraging sign that Ji-Hoon Choi was able to get his first career home run. Jamie Romack has been a bust so far this year. 11 home runs, 33 RBI, 256 batting average. But you are getting a little bit of something out of the man that just came back for this team. And Dong Min Han, he had six home runs in the first 18 games of the season before he went down with injury. And then you've got Jung Choi, who's been able to give the team 13 home runs, 36 RBI. I do think that it's going to be a little bit higher scoring because we were talking about it with Freddie. The fact that Han has given up a grand total of 17 runs in his last three and two-thirds innings. I certainly think he's going to do a little bit better in this spot. I think that both these pitchers give up runs, but I have a lot more faith in the Kiwoom Heroes bullpen. Both of these bullpens wound up getting badly taxed in their game Friday morning. So for that reason, I'm going to go with this total over, and we're going to give you going with the Heroes in this spot. And then we'll wrap things up for the Friday evening slash Saturday morning edition of the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. A big thanks to Freddie Mills coming on with us from the great country of Canada. He's doing some terrific work with DFS Coach Chuck. He joined me in the second segment. If you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And if you ever have a question for the podcast, turn it into my timeline at Jr.'s41. Hopefully you are all safe, healthy, and doing well. I will talk to you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.